John 17, verses 13 to 19. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many form we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So we've got God, the church, and the internet. Uh, God's already been at work. I didn't know Adam was going to preach on Romans 12 verses 1 to 2 this morning. He knew that I was going to speak about Romans 3, so maybe there was something there. Symptomatic of uh, human history has been the, the development of different technologies. Each generation seems to have had a great leap forward in some way. Think of the wheel, the printing press, the wireless, Hey, Bruce? The combustion engine? Or even the silicon chip? And one of the developments that I'm sure that you are aware of and noticed is the internet. Everything is on the internet now. Increasingly so as the government and banks want to save money. Everybody here has used it, either directly or indirectly. The internet is here. It isn't going to go away and it will continue to develop and expand. Likewise, the church is here too. It also isn't going to go away, at least at a universal level, and it also will develop and expand because the Holy Spirit is at work, isn't he? So let's tonight look at what this internet is, why the church should be using it, and lastly how the church can use it for the glory of God. 
And by using it, I do mean more than just a website with the latest information, the latest events, and the sermons on it, even if they're not updated frequently. Before we continue, however, I must warn you that, alas, I do have to talk about myself, something I don't really like to do. And it's probably the best place to start so that we can move on quickly. I started doing this in 2007, but before that, in 2003, I had a stroke. And I was stuck at home for about six months. And I couldn't really go to church. I could go out for a couple of hours a day. That was about it. So I figured, how am I going to get on with this church bit then? And as time got on, I developed some sort of thought somewhere in my back of my brain. I do have one when I don't stub it. So in 2007, after Mullins, I started, from that date, I've had about four million folk, individual folk come through, visiting to read, etc., there's been about a close to about a million people listening and downloading. And during 2014, I probably had communication with about a million people, either directly or indirectly. To quote John Wesley, the world is my parish. And if I can do it, anybody can. I'm not the smartest tool in the kit, whatever that thing is. And those numbers that I gave are small compared to some folk. As for Facebook, as you know, I'm on there, or most of you do, I have an accountability team on there who are quite willing to tell me off if they see something inappropriate that I've put in there. And so with that, that's enough about me. Let's move on swiftly, shall we? What is the internet? Well, it started in 1957, and it's a worldwide system of computers that are interconnected from around the world, obviously. And it's really taken off in the last 10 years. People today can get the internet using their home computers, their tablets, even their mobile phones, except here where it's difficult to get a mobile signal on top of a hill. And with the increase of this communication, it should be no surprise to you that internet communities have been quickly formed. And these internet communities can be and are a model of social interaction. Look at the social networks or gatherings of people from around the world on the internet, Facebook or Twitter, which is for twits. And of course we have one lady who's not here tonight, but I'm sure you'll recognise her from this picture. And she says, Facebook, giving silver surfers the ability to completely annoy and embarrass their children and grandchildren in a way never before possible. I won't tell you who that assistant pastor is. So Facebook and Twitter, they're social networks or communities based on the internet where people can interact and communicate with each other. A bit like Bruce's men's group that meet on a Thursday morning. But they, they, they meet in a sealed room, not online. So what happens on the internet in a minute? 204 million emails. Half of them are Adams are unanswered. There's 3,300,000 pieces of information shared on Facebook. Over 4 million searches on Google alone. 87.5 million hours on Skype. And 139,000 hours of YouTube. So much going on 
And we as the church, as Christians, need to be involved and even leading the way in the development of the internet. Why? That's to come. But first, can God interact on the internet? Because I know some people think that he can't. We know from Scripture that it is the presence of Jesus in people's hearts that makes the church. It's not a building with four walls. Jesus promised that where his followers meet, in his name, he would be there. And guess what is here tonight, isn't he? The church is the continuation of Christ's anointed people by the Holy Spirit. God operates within the hearts and minds of the people by his Spirit. And community can be described as a harmonious collection of individuals. I think that was Augustine who came up with that. One of my um, long-term friends from a long time ago. And this most certainly describes an internet community where a group of Christians are meeting. People interact with other people all the time. If people can do that, then certainly the God who is outside of time and space is able to interact with them. I know people who have come to a living faith in Jesus on the internet. So yes, God indeed does interact with people on the internet, even with those who deny that he does. Okay, our next question. Why should the church and Christians use the internet? To our reading in John chapter 17. There's a saying in the church which I'm sure you are aware of. In the world, but not of the world. This is the passage where the idea comes from. However, perhaps it would be better to rephrase it as not of this world, but sent into it. Because that describes us. If you're a Christian here tonight, you are not your own. You are Jesus Christ's treasured possession. You are to be on a mission. You are to be on a selfless mission. A mission for God. There's a mission to tell the world about Jesus and how people can come to love him and serve him. And this mission is to be done with selfless love, isn't it? Does that describe something that you've, you're doing or have done in the past or you will do at about 8.30 from tonight? The internet can help you and this church facilitate that mission. Have you prayed as to how God can use your imagination and skill, particularly on the internet? Whether you want to be or not, you've been sent into this world on a mission. The church is asleep and it needs to wake up because Jesus is coming back, isn't he? He promised he would. May the Holy Spirit lead you and open your mind and your imagination to the possibilities. We may not have a God who is imagined, but we have a God of vast imagination. We're all different here and some of us are more different than others. And don't let lack of knowledge and understanding stop you. Ask, seek, knock. Here are the words of Sarah, a friend of mine. Her words, not mine. She was an atheist, but we've moved her on to being an agnostic now. 
Dave gives those who have lost faith in the hypocritical idiots who supposedly are Christians that attend church. Their faith in Christianity lack. Many could learn from his honesty, but I fear they never will. Dave gives those who don't have access to church, either by not wanting to go or not able to go, he gives them a place to seek what churches should be providing. So we are to go on the internet or to the high street or both. Are you ready? But how do we engage on the internet in that mission? That's how Romans reading. They said, I didn't know Adam was going to preach on Romans 12, 1 to 2 this morning. As we heard from Adam, God has a will for each of us. Part of discovering that specific will for us is in our serving of him. To enable people to serve God and other people, each of us have spiritual gifts. Part of the Christian life is that each of us has these special abilities, gifts and talents. We have these gifts, each of us, because of God's amazing grace toward us. Here Paul only lists a few, but there are more. That is how we engage in that mission, using our spiritual gifts. Who has them? All Christians have spiritual gifts, for in his grace God has given different gifts for doing certain things well, says Paul in verse 6. God, the Holy Spirit, through his infinite wisdom, mercy and grace, bestows the gifts that belong to him upon Christian disciples, including me and including you. How are you using them? There's no such thing as retirement in the Christian life, is there? And what's the purpose of these gifts? These gifts are to be used primarily to bring glory to God and to extend his kingdom here on earth. No other reason. They are opportunities for Christian disciples to serve other people and to serve God. And if these gifts are not being used for God's purpose, then they might as well be just flushed down the toilet. They're meaningless. If each of us here is serving as we ought, using the gifts and talents that God has given, then God is being praised and his kingdom here on earth is being extended. We are one body, the church. We belong to each other even if we don't particularly want to be. Each of us has gifts, given by God freely to those who are following him. We have them due to his generous grace upon us. We don't have to use them just in the church here. Use them on the internet. You can do it. This is a busy church. The things you do may not have space here in the, in the church timetable. So use them outside of here, and including that on the internet. You may be retired, as I said, but your gifts and talents haven't retired, have they? There's no such thing as retiring from the Christian life. If you need help, or you have some ideas, ask. I'm not that scary, most of the time. And thirdly, we're to go in love. As Paul continues in Romans 12, to have a gift or gifts is a sign of God's love for you. And if you're not using them, then you're basically turning back his love, aren't you? Therefore, you are to love others, all others, even those you don't particularly like. 
And if you and I are doing things after God's own interests and the welfare of other people, then you really do love other people. We are to really love people on the internet and away from it. People can smell fake love in an instant. Whether you're on the internet or not. And if you're doing things for your own interest and your own welfare and patronising towards others as a means to manipulate them, then guess what? That love is fake, isn't it? Why do you do for what you do for God and for other people? Is it because you're driven by your love for God and love for other people? This is love for others without pretense or hypocrisy. This is real love. It's getting your hands dirty kind of love. As Christian disciples, we are to be seen to love others more than any other people. So why are churches half empty? Is it because they're not really loving? On the internet or on the, or on the high street, we are to love. And you can show you love God by using your gifts on the internet to encourage others. When you're on these things called Facebook or Twitter, are you using them to show your love of God to others by loving them? Are you encouraging an uplifting of others in need of a gentle or kind word? We are to love and serve people wherever we may find them. Love and serve people as we come across them on the street or on the internet. How's your love for others doing and how are you expressing that love by using your spiritual gifts and serving? Um, an email I had from a, a lady called Sue, and I just ran this by Dave just now, said, have you heard of this lady? He said, yeah, yeah, I know. And he said, dear, uh, she, she writes, dear Pastor Adam, just wanted to contact you to let you know how much Partakers Wow Church Online is, has and is encouraging me. Living in a country town at the outback of Queensland, Australia, and having a fair few medical issues, make it hard to just go out whenever I want to. I found the ministry that Dave has is perfect. Um, I've been a, been a part of Partake as well Church now for at least a year and I find it so refreshing to be able to meet with other believers from all over the world who identify with what it's like to be in my position and to pray with me and for me regularly. The teaching and format are great. They make me think about God in a new and deeper ways. I found this ministry such a benefit I meet with God and fellowship uh, more times during the week as I can access this in my home. And even um, when I'm confined to my bedroom because I'm not well, I'm able to get that uh, fellowship. I've been a Christian for 30 plus years and I'm very committed to my own local fellowship where my husband and I teach Sunday school every fortnight. So I certainly don't see Partakers Ministry as a substitute for going to my local church, but rather a brilliant added extra. It's encouraged me to grow in God, um, uh, more reach out and explore my giftings in the body of Christ, step out and share the gospel, sh- share with people I perhaps may not have thought of talking to before. The other thing that is so important to me as a Christian is the element of communion. And when I'm feeling poorly, um, being able to share communion online has brought me such comfort at times I've really needed it. Thank you so much for supporting Dave and Youngmi so that they can bring partake as well, church, to people like myself. Kind regards, Sue Johnson. Okay, lots of other letters like that. But just to encourage us to keep on encouraging Dave and Young Me. 
That is Sue. I've known her for about 35 years. She was at my baptism when they held me under until I really repented. And she thought that I was getting soft and sensitive when I saw her in October. So maybe I am, Adam. I don't remember what I was like last week, let alone 30 years ago. So I was going to suggest some liabilities of the internet, but I've decided to skip them this time because we'd be going on for a long time. Adam's already mentioned some. There's a lot of rubbish out there. But we can also put the good stuff out there. Liabilities such as gossiping. If you're going to gossip online, you'll gossip in the church kitchen or in the hall after church, won't you? Addiction and anonymity, uh, amorality. So let's look. I'll move on to look at some of the benefits of the internet. We can reach out to the world. Billions upon millions of people can be reached for the sake of the gospel and to the glory and honour of our God. And if that doesn't make you go well, nothing will. They're within reach, people. And we can do it, can't we? The internet can provide a spiritual avenue for people not currently able to attend a traditional geographical church in order to participate in mission, worship, fellowship and Bible teaching. It's a a major benefit that can be seen in giving to the isolated and detached of society with what somebody once called a creative passion for the impossible. We have a God of impossible, unlimited possibilities. And that's a task for a church community to grasp and go ahead with. Do you have a creative passion for the impossible? Have you prayed about one? Well, maybe you can now. Or has your God-given imagination been seared and is therefore limited? And as we heard talking about Sue, we can assist the housebound and disabled people. One of the ways in which the internet can be effective is in the area of helping housebound and disabled people, including those with physical, emotional and psychological problems who may only be able to venture out of the house on a rare occasion, if at all. Access to a traditional geographical-based church is not always catered for, as well as people being too shy to attend traditional church because of those reasons. And one way to enable these people is through the internet and through technology. By using everyday technology and the internet, housebound and disabled people can participate in the life of the church, including fellowship and worship and the use of their gifting. Because just because they're housebound and disabled doesn't mean they do not have gifts, does it? And how often do we sort of put them to the side? I know we do, because I've seen it happen. It's an avenue for them to explore their own spiritual gifts and discover God's will for themselves. And it could lead to these folk exhibiting their faith in God by desiring to serve him and the church by using their gifting. Gifts which until then may well be lying dormant and unused. Pray that God will spark the imagination. And in doing this, people will develop confidence in themselves. And we'll come to a lady in a minute who says that. And instead of feeling neglected, isolated and alone, they may come to feel wanted 
appreciated and more importantly loved by others. Because what are we supposed to do to others? Love them. Really love them. And in helping the housebound, the gospel's reach will have been extended and be seen in our loving our neighbour. And I'm going to give you the words of two friends of mine that helped me out on Facebook Wow Church. Firstly, there's Jackie. She has cerebral palsy. She also has chronic pain and a few other things. This is her words. I listen to the podcasts a lot as part of daily devotionals. But I also help lead Wow Church over Facebook on a weekly basis, which has been a great blessing to me personally and help me to reach out and serve others. All from the wheelchair without leaving my front room. It's given me a sense of purpose and a confidence boost that when I make myself available to him, God will use me. He's begun a great work in me which he will see me see through to the completion. God's not finished with me yet. Or Christine, she's a carer for a housebound husband. Young me and I met her a few months ago in her home. I live in a lovely country village but with limited access to many things, which was fine until nine years ago when my husband of three months had a severe stroke. All of a sudden I became a full-time carer, unable to get out to a church service. Dave started holding wild church services on Facebook and all of a sudden I could attend a church and have fellowship again. I've become actively involved, actually by leading the prayer service on a Friday. We share with each other and we pray for people's needs. I feel wild church meets the spiritual needs of the housebound in a wonderful and meaningful way. I feel now with Dave's encouragement, praise God, that I can be a blessing to others even though I can't actually get out of the house. That's Jackie and Christine. And as we heard about Sue, assisting the geographically isolated, another benefit. Using the internet, churches and Christians can enable isolated Christians and church communities. In a similar way to the way the New Testament churches were linked together. They link together for prayer support, encouragement and theological reflection. Today, isolated churches can also gather together on the internet for those same purposes. Again, I think of my friend Sue. She's not afraid to tell me off, but then she's an Australian woman. Used to dealing with Australian men, I guess. And she's wonderful, a wonderful lady. Well, we have Lynn. Lynn's in Canada. I saw her on my last trip to the States. She came over to the border to see me in Detroit. She can only get out rarely. Dave's not only been a good friend to me, but he is a true inspiration of God's goodness. Her words, not mine. He's proven himself to be an honest and genuine person. I found him to be a true blue, Bible-believing Christian who says what he means and means what he says. And she hasn't heard me preach. In addition to being a supportive, caring person towards me, he lifts others up in prayer regularly. His heart is with those who need Jesus Christ. But it's not for my glory, it's for his glory. 
Another benefit is for Christians in persecuted countries to meet with Christians worldwide. This, of course, may give additional problems given the, uh, the spread of the censorship policy of some uh, countries. I know when China's blocked access to my site because the downloads go right down. I have personally well-churched and prayed with people in Pakistan on Facebook who are under pressure. We may get 12 people at a Facebook well-church, but that includes the UK, the USA, Australia and Pakistan. So the enabling of housebound, disabled and geographically isolated people to engage with other Christians is a major benefit of the church using the internet for God's glory and the expansion of his kingdom. So as we draw to a close, tonight we've looked together very briefly at God, the church and the internet. I hope that you've been blessed by our time together. We saw how God can interact on the internet We saw why we should be using the internet for God's glory as well as some suggested ways as to how to do this. We are on a mission. A mission to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ and we are to disciple them. Part of this mission is the use of our spiritual gifts which each of us have and we are to use every opportunity to develop them, use them and enable others in the use of them. For this is God's will for you and it reflects his love of you to a world that is dying to know him. We are to use our spiritual gifts with the aid of our God-given imagination and creativity. Just because you can't think of a way to do something doesn't mean somebody else can't think of a way, does it? But if you don't share it, they'll never know. And just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it's wrong. Don't limit yourself because of others' limited imagination. And what's more, don't limit others because of your own limited imagination. Let's use the internet communities and the internet to uplift, encourage and support each other. I personally get more encouragement from those outside the church, those who are non-Christians, than I do Christians. That was one of Adam's questions to me. I interact mainly with non-Christians online. And they are always usually the first to notice if I'm absent without telling them or to tell me some good news. So let's go. Let's go and fulfil our mission on the internet as well as on the streets and our roads. As I said, it means more than just having an internet website with the latest events and sermons on it. But we can do it because the Holy Spirit is empowering us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that with your Son and with the Holy Spirit you have met with us here. Help us to leave here uh, knowing that we have met with you, but also with something more to do for the extension of your kingdom here in Ringwood and around the world. Father, forgive us when we do not uh, do as you ask us to do, but inspire us enlighten our imagination for the impossible so that you get all the honour and glory in every facet of our life. And we ask this, Father, through the name of your Son, Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, seals us, and unites us as one body. Amen.